This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Siobhan Moran-McFarlane. It's Thursday the 12th of January. In your Squiz today, a complicated goodbye to George Pell, inflation reaches new heights, China hits back over COVID, and the Golden Globes return. This is your Squiz today. Siobhan, there were mixed reactions when news broke yesterday that Australia's highest-ranking Catholic, Cardinal George Pell, had died in Italy at the age of 81. Melbourne's Archbishop, Peter Comensoli, confirmed the news, saying Pell died following heart complications after hip surgery. Yeah, that's right, Alice. So he died less than a week after he'd attended the funeral of former Pope Benedict XVI in Vatican City. And as you say, Pell was a polarising figure as the leader of the church that counts 20% of Australians as followers. Yesterday, he was remembered by senior Catholics as Australia's most prominent ever churchman following his rise in 2014 to become the third highest ranking official in the Vatican as its treasurer under Pope Francis. But that came to an end when he became the most senior Catholic in the world to be charged in 2017 and then convicted in 2018 on historical child abuse offences. You might remember he was jailed for six years and served 13 months of that sentence, but he always maintained his innocence. And in April 2020, Australia's High Court unanimously overturned his conviction. Later that year, he returned to Rome, and that's where he stayed up until his death. But like you say, Siobhan, people have had a lot to say about Pell over the past day. Yeah, so Prime Minister Anthony Albanese, who describes himself as a non-practising Catholic, passed on the government's condolences to those who knew him well. And former PM slash former trainee Catholic priest Tony Abbott praised Pell as, quote, a saint for our times. But others, like the Australian Catholic University's Miles Attenden said while Pell had many admirers, other people would, quote, wish that he'd been called to account in a fuller way for some of his decisions when he was Archbishop in Oz. And lawyers who've gone up against the Catholic Church in recent times were rather more blunt, Alice. Yeah, lawyer Michael Magazanik said he was troubled by, this is his quote, the outpouring of love for a man who, at the very least, turned a blind eye to massive child abuse. But as for the coming days, reports say that the Catholic Church will hold funeral services for Pell at both the Vatican and at St Mary's Cathedral in Sydney, which is where Pell will be buried. The latest inflation figures from the Bureau of Statistics are out and they show the Aussie rate jumped up to a 32-year high. The Consumer Price Index rose 7.3% over the year to November and that's up from 6.9% in October, Siobhan. Yeah, so that figure was really driven by price hikes across the year on things like housing, which was up 9.6%, food, 9.4%, fuel, a whopping 16.6% and travel. 12.8%. And despite relentless cost of living pressures, retail sales increased for an 11th consecutive record month. And that was really thanks to the Black Friday sales, according to the ABS. 
The Reserve Bank thinks that there is further still to go and has forecast that inflation will hit a peak of 8% for December. And in news that mortgage holders probably aren't keen on, economists say the latest figures mean it is likely that the central bank will continue to lift interest rates this year. And the World Bank also warned yesterday that the global economy is perilously close to a recession. But Aussie Treasurer Jim Chalmers reckons we should be optimistic while remaining realistic about our national economy. To Iran, the United Nations has called out the state-sanctioned killing of Iranian protesters after another two men were executed over the weekend. It's the latest in a series of arrests and executions which have ramped up since protests began over the death in custody of 22-year-old Masa Amini back in September. Yeah, that's right, Alice. So the UN human rights chief, Volker Turk, has spoken out. He says Iran's ruling regime has weaponized the death penalty to stamp out dissent and punish people for exercising their basic rights. He's also flagged violations of due process because people are being denied a fair trial, there are reports of forced confessions through torture, and there is no real way for them to appeal. Now, that echoes allegations by a prominent female activist called Sepeda Golian, and she's written a letter from inside Iran's infamous Even prison detailing the brutal treatment of detainees by interrogators. Now, if the name of that jail sounds familiar, that's because it's where Aussie academic Kylie Moore Gilbert was held for more than two years. And in response to the regime's actions, the UN is planning to send officials to Iran to investigate reports of human rights violations. Advocates reckon at least 519 protesters, that includes 69 children, have been killed in the violence. And 19,300 people have been arrested to date. Currently, there are 109 civilians facing execution. Siobhan, it's fair to say China is not happy with several countries that have implemented what it calls discriminatory rules requiring negative COVID tests from Chinese travellers. It's retaliated against South Korea and Japan by suspending short-term visas for people from those countries. Yeah, so just to wind it back a bit, China's moved away from its strict zero COVID policy since locals engaged in those mass protests that we saw late last year. And it reopened its international border for the first time in three years on Sunday. But experts believe that COVID is spreading really quickly across the country with satellite images of crowded crematoriums in major cities contradicting the low official death rates. And that's prompted several countries, including Oz, to enforce new requirements, as you say, for Chinese travellers. But so far, we have avoided any blowback. But it's not just China. The World Health Organization is also urging international travelers everywhere to mask up on long-haul flights. They want to slow the spread of the new Omicron subvariants like XBB.1.5, which we spoke about earlier in the week, Siobhan. It's dubbed the Kraken. It was confirmed by the PM last week that that subvariant has reached Aussie shores. The Golden Globes returned yesterday for its 80th anniversary ceremony. There were several Aussie nominees, Siobhan, but only one ended up snagging an award. Yeah, so that was Kate Blanchett. She took out Best Film Actress for Tar, although she wasn't actually at the awards to pick it up herself. 
Other big winners were The Fablemans, which took out Best Motion Picture, and Steven Spielberg also won Best Director for that flick, which is loosely based on him. The Banshees of Inishirin and Everything Everywhere All at Once also got some love, and Austin Butler won Best Actor for his portrayal of Elvis. Meanwhile, one of our faves here at The Squiz, The White Lotus, won Best (laughs) Television Limited Series, with Jennifer Coolidge scoring Best Supporting TV Actress for her performance as gay icon Tanya McQuad. Yes, she is a total legend. (laughs) And of course, there were plenty of red carpet looks on show. I'll pop a link to a gallery in the episode notes if you want to have a look. Siobhan, many of us have some interesting stories to tell about flying in the past year or so, and now an Indian airline has come under fire for taking off without at least 50 passengers. Yes, so reports say that travellers had already checked in their baggage and they had their boarding passes in hand, but somehow (laughs) they were left stranded on the tarmac after they were forgotten about inside a bus. Yeah, the company has apologised with a pretty standard airline response. It says it regrets the inconvenience caused. But the affected passengers or non-passengers are still waiting for an explanation. And before we wrap up, just a quick reminder that Squiz Shortcuts is back for 2023. The newest episode is out today. Claire and Kate will take you through the debate around the Indigenous Voice to Parliament referendum. You can find Squiz Shortcuts in your podcast app now, and I'll also add a link in the episode notes. And that's us done for today. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.